everybody, and welcome back to The Tea with Crema. My name is Chris, I'll be one of your hosts today, and I'm joined by my best friend, Emma. Hello, everyone. Today's episode is brought to you by the letter T, as in traveling. And so today we realized that outside of that one time that I went to Brazil, which was truly years in the making, wonderful trip. <laughs> Do not regret it at all. But for as much as like Emma and I really enjoy traveling, we never really talk about traveling. Like mm-hmm. kind of passive with each other. Definitely not really on the podcast. Just outside of like vision boards. And as you all know, what is the purpose of a vision board if you're never making steps towards having any of it come true? So one of the things that, you know, holding each other accountable, being a part of the conversation is going to be talking a little bit more about traveling because if I've learned anything else, I know traveling is expensive and cannot just happen because you want it to happen. Like it, I've, as I've gotten older, I've realized it takes a lot of planning and preparation. And so today we'll be starting part one of travel goals with reflecting on some of the best travel experiences that we've had growing up and oh, I can't believe we can say our early adulthood because very soon we'll have an episode about how it's coming to a close and we're entering <laughs> a different stage of life. But, you know, until then, early adulthood, you know. But before we begin, let's do our tea check. So, Emma, what tea did you bring today? Today I'm drinking a, I think it's Jaff, or maybe it's just J-A-F, J-A-F tea. It is a black tea and the, the flavor is forest fruit. Not gonna lie, it just tastes like hot water. I can't, but I'm also sick, so maybe that's why. But like, it doesn't smell like anything. It doesn't really taste like anything. Did you let it steep? It's it's been steeping. It says it's supposed to be a three minute steep, and it's been about five minutes, and I'm still not getting any. Yeah, it might be you. Yeah, Jury's so still I, out. Yeah, so I will try this again when I'm not sick because I think it deserves another chance. <laughs> what are you drinking today, Chris? I have an. Esther Raspberry. It's an herbal tea. It's a fruity blend of herbal essences inspired by the life of Booth. I don't know who that is or what that life is. Life of who? Booth. Like Booth. Booth. I feel like I'm saying Booth weird. <laughs> booth. I don't know. B-O-O-T-H. B-O-O-T-H. Booth. Booth. I think I'm emphasizing the O's. The only Anyways. Booth I know is the one who shot um, Abraham Lincoln. That's not the point. It's made out of raspberries, apple pieces, hibiscus, rose hips, and our secret made with love ingredients. First of all, ew, what? What is this? I don't think I like this. I do see the apple pieces, which is cool. I don't know. I don't know. It's cool. It's, I've had all of these ingredients in a tea almost in this exact same combination. So I can't, I don't know where this love is and it makes me nervous now that I've read it out loud and what's the, this tea. what's the company again Esther Tea Company oh you know why because she's the woman behind Esther Tea Company mm. so the life of okay. is, it's is after the woman who created love that for her okay love cool that. well it wasn't a bad tea it's just a lot of things happening and going on and references that i obviously did not understand so cool tea definitely if you're a raspberry fan it's nice it's a fruit tea for sure okay getting started i'm honestly kind of surprised now that i'm like saying it out loud i'm kind of surprised we've never had an episode about traveling because it's something that i enjoy doing yeah me too like and i think that's one of our shared things that we enjoy doing so i think it's odd that we've never really talked about it so i'm glad that we're like jumping into it now so let's jump into like kind of historically like where have we been 
I think that's really important to know because I think that'll also drive a lot of the rest of the episode too. So like from childhood to now, where have you been both domestically and internationally? Well, I just went on my first international trip last year. If you want to know more about it, we did a whole episode about going to Brazil. Honestly, it was a great episode. It was a lot of fun. Brazil was a lot of fun. Wonderful experience. 10 out of 5 stars. Absolutely recommend to anyone who wants to have fun. Before then, all of my trips had been domestic. So growing up, we did a lot of road tripping to Georgia and Pennsylvania. And, you know, the states that come in between those areas. And then as a young adult, I was doing a lot of domestic traveling to major U.S. cities. Chicago, Atlanta, Miami. I went to Puerto Rico once. That was so much fun. Puerto Rico is great. And then I've been to Los Angeles twice. You went to Denver as well. Don't forget Denver. I've been to Denver twice, actually, now that you're saying it out loud. Once for a wedding and then once because we went on a trip. Yeah, I definitely forgot about Denver. I have been to Colorado twice on purpose, not accident. So it's a beautiful (laughs) place. Don't get me wrong. Well, it it hopefully will come up and I won't forget it again later in the episode. But yeah, lots of what's that car traveling when I was little, more aeroplane traveling as a young adult. So that's my (laughs) quick one minute pitch about things that I've done in the traveling. So what we're hoping for this is that it'll be a travel series because Chris and I have gone, you know, to many a place and we've picked up some trip tips and tricks along the way. We picked up some planning along the way as well. Again, if you're interested in that Brazil episode, it is episode 56. So about 22 back, you can go and hear more about Chris's epic trip to Brazil. I know. 22 it's been that many episodes. Ago. Can you wow. believe it? So I think in terms of like where I have been, like I grew up in Hawaii. So a lot of the times to be able to travel, we'd have to go obviously on a plane. So I was mostly used to plane traveling. It wasn't until I moved to the continental US that I became more of a car traveler. So I have been to states wise, I have been to California, Utah, we have family in Utah, I've been to New Mexico, Texas, obviously, Arkansas, Oklahoma, New York, Virginia, Delaware. Oh, I went to Delaware for the first time last year. That was pretty cool. Alaska, which a lot of people have not been to. I've been to Alaska, which is a beautiful place. Would not mind going back there. I think that was such a wonderful experience. I've been to Wyoming and Montana, all of those like middle states, North Dakota, South Dakota. I've been to many US states and I didn't start internationally traveling. Like the first time I went international was after I graduated from college. A couple of my girlfriends and I, we had gone on a cruise. So we went from Spain to Italy, to France, and we just saw different cities around there. That's kind of where I really got the travel bug to like travel outside of the US. So then I've been to Australia and Costa Rica, Iceland, England, and yeah, now I'm in Japan. (laughs) So I think international wise, that's kind of where I've been focusing on, but you know, it's not cheap. So what is, I guess, your favorite trip that you've ever taken? Maybe like as a young person and then now in your adult life, what is your most favorite trip that you've been to? Oh, I've been to Costa Rica too. Did I forget that? I think I forgot that. Um, Sorry, that was a weird segue because that's why it's going to come up next on this. Where's my favorite trip that you've ever taken? (laughs) So Just to make sure. (laughs) I didn't want to not say it. And then people are like, what are you talking about? You didn't even say it before. So what is your favorite trip that you've taken as a young person and as an adult? I think as a child, one of my favorite trips was like in terms of full trip was one of the trips that we took with my mom 
and just my siblings, just the four of us, to Pennsylvania. I think we'd been to Pennsylvania before then, but I think there's just something more memorable about this trip for me in particular because, A, I got to sit in the front seat, like, the whole time. Oh. But it's also because my siblings are sleepers and are not good navigators. (laughs) And so when you know how to read the map, you get to sit in the front. That's right. And so this was, and I do mean like read a map because this was still before GPS. Like most GPS was like Garmin's and TomTom's. And so unless you were, unless you could afford a whole separate GPS little thingy in the services. Map quest days, huh? Mm Mm-hmm. Literally we had to go, my mom was a member of AAA and they printed out a travel book, which like is great, except for that travel books don't do live updates. So construction or anything like that and you just have to do your best so that really affirmed for me that i'm really good at directions because we did not get lost there or back so that would probably be one of my standout childhood trips how old were you would you say oh boy this probably would have been early high school at the latest i was still i was still somewhere in like early teens i think oh okay so yeah you're pretty young though yeah, there's a very specific life event that had occurred before then, so I know that's why it's at least late, mid-middle school or early high school. But yeah, still young enough. Like, you know, I could read a map. I got us there and back. We didn't right. even get lost. So yeah, I would say as an adult, I've had quite a few memorable trips, honestly, for different reasons. I think... The second trip that we took to LA was really good. Honestly, both trips to LA were good because I just remember eating everything. There is <laughs> so much food in LA. There is so much food. And I'm sure there's more food if you eat meat. But as a vegetarian, there were just so many options all the right, time. Right, right. So I would say, honestly, the food in LA was really good. In terms of beauty, Colorado is unrivaled. I have not been to a more beautiful place. The night sky when I was out at a wedding there was truly a unique experience. I have not seen a night sky like that, honestly. Atlanta was also a lot of fun just because I just really enjoyed the vibes of Atlanta. So I have gone out there several times. Shout out Jeffrey for hosting me and always ensuring that we have a good time. Puerto Rico was also wonderful because Puerto Rico was wonderful. The trip itself was a hot mess from start to finish. I want us to like unpack that that trip so much because <laughs> I remember this was probably one of the first conversations that we've ever had. And I don't know, you probably don't remember, but it was after we had finished our classes one day. And for some reason, we started talking about, oh, I think we were talking about spring break. And you're like, well, I know where I'm not going to go. And I was like, tell me more. And we literally sat in the parking lot and like talked. For, it, was, it felt like almost a good two, three hours just about this hot mess of a trip (laughs) it was a hot mess you're like don't get me wrong it was amazing and it was fun and yet zero out of ten but i think honestly more more people rather than like place (laughs) yeah honest i would go back and do it again but completely differently (laughs) but would go back for sure yeah i don't know maybe that'll be travel goals part seven who knows (laughs) mishaps along the way Honestly, I think one of the few places that I just haven't really cared all that much for, I don't think I really have any places that I've like absolutely just been like... Hot Springs, Arkansas, looking at you. Oh, yeah. (laughs) That was... Yeah, Hot Springs sucks. We didn't even get to try the titular attraction there because 
I mean, I can't confirm that it was a race thing, but like... Because racism, that's why. It definitely felt like it, because we didn't even get to be on the wait list, but like, the white people in front of us and the white people behind us definitely did get to get on the wait list, but like, we didn't, so... Yeah, yeah, that was Whatever, that's neither here nor there, so you're right. Hot Springs sucks, but luckily, for the most part, all of my other trips have been pretty good. Miami, I would not do it again. Oh, really? Would not. Couldn't do it. The vibe there is... 21. The clubs stay open until 4. Everybody smokes everywhere. They sell alcohol everywhere all the time. Was this one that you got, like, you ended up getting, like, a $40 drink at 10 a.m. or something? First of all, it was $75. Oh, my God! Secondly, yes. So, Miami would not recommend. Fort Lauderdale, when I went, much more my speed. Much more relaxing. Because I love the beach. Honestly, I do. It also confirmed... I went to Fort Lauderdale to prove an actual specific point, which was that the East Coast is more enjoyable than the West Coast. It's factually accurate. The West Coast tried to kill me twice. I think that's an objective objective point of view. And I'm sorry, again, for taking you to the beach that almost killed you. You didn't die, though. So you're fine. You're right. Your use of terminology is absolutely correct. The East Coast is objectively better than the West Coast. You are Uh, right. uh, Objective. Subjective? I know (laughs) that... The term that you were looking for was subjective, but it's okay. Objective is factually accurate. The East Coast, the beaches are better. Uh, I haven't been to an East Coast beach, so I cannot say for sure. Again, I'm not even, I don't even like the California beaches, so I will be 100% with you on that one. I think for me, the favorite, my favorite trip that I've taken so far as a kid, I really just liked being on the plane. Like, so anytime I got to go on a plane was just fun, especially because living in Hawaii, like it's going to take you six hours to get anywhere. So, you know, going to Utah, going to California, I think our longest haul trip was to Florida. And that was probably like, honestly, like top 10. And only because my sister is a top 10 planner and no trip has ever lived up to those. to those like expectations ever since then and then maybe as an adult i think one of my favorite places that i've ever been is costa rica just because i do love a good beachy vibe and isaac and i were like yep we're moving here we're like getting on the next plane and just gonna relocate yeah i really like but i have not been to a place where i'm like oh zero out of ten would not oh actually maybe like london i wouldn't say that london is any different from any other major city to me so it's not like i don't know to me, London was like, oh, I could have done that in New York, if I'm going to be completely honest, which might get me canceled, but whatever. So that's kind of where I'm at, is that that one was kind of a regret on my part that I wished we had stayed in Iceland the full time instead of splitting our trip between Iceland and England. But it was just like, oh, it's right there. Like, we might as well just do it. So that's why we ended up going there. Oh, maybe France, too. France. Actually, I need to give France another try. So we'll try that one again. I was like, you almost got stuck in France. That doesn't really count. You were only there for yeah. a few hours. Literally, like 48 hours. And then, yeah, so I think I needed to And it wasn't even that. like a normal 48 hours. It was a traumatizing 48 hours. It was, yeah. So I think I think part of that's also like a little bit of trauma. But yeah, what is like your favorite part of traveling? Like, what is the thing that you like either look forward to? Or is there a part of it that you really like? Like for me personally, I love being on planes. Like that is the best sleep I get in my life is being on a plane and sleeping. And sometimes the food is okay, but I'm not really there for the food. But honestly, like I get the best sleep on planes. So that's kind of my favorite part of traveling because I feel refreshed going into whatever place I'm going into. What about you? (laughs) Oh my gosh. Well, I'm a very sensitive sleeper. So this is going to sound stupid. 
because I enjoy traveling so much. But honestly, one of my favorite parts is coming home. (laughs) Which sounds worse than it is. But like, I don't know. There's nothing that beats like being out for a week. And then just being back in your own space. (laughs) The small things that you just like take for granted. You're just like, oh my God, I'm so glad that I can like sleep in peace or just like, I'm not sharing a space anymore or just like the small things that you're just like, this is so annoying. And yes, I'm having a good time while I'm here, but like, it would be better if I could do whatever. If I could just take my whole house on said trip with me. But yeah, I would say coming home is (laughs) one of my favorite moments. And then uh, eating would probably be like the actual thing that when I'm on the trip, I look forward to. Because if I try your local cuisine and it's trash, then your whole the whole vacation is low-key, almost ruined. Because, ew, why am I struggling so hard to find decent food? I can't enjoy anything if I'm hangry. Right. So I would say the food and coming home. That part. Like, do you know who Keith Lee is? He's a TikTok. He's a food influencer. I know he was just involved in some Dallas drama. So exactly. I just okay. learned. I just learned who he was. But the thing I like about him is because, you know, he really does, like, that's why he goes to different places is because he's trying to amplify these mom and pop shops, right? So people are like, oh, you're not going to this place, you're not going to this place, but it's already places that are well established. And he's about, like, his mission is to amplify these, like, small businesses that can't afford, you know, marketing expenses for whatever reason. So I like that because I feel like I too, like, I don't want to go to the pluckers or whatever like you know no no offense to pluckers i know pluckers is like a texas institution it's a it's a wig place but like if i'm gonna go someplace and but that but I, oh, hold on let me backtrack on that and in the same way i would go to pluckers if i were in texas because it is a very texas specific thing but i wouldn't go to buffalo wild wings in texas does that make sense like there's buffalo wild wings everywhere so like i would want to try these places that are like institutions in different places like that in and out what is that in and out dupe in austin or any in and out in Texas at all. No, what is it called? The one in Austin. First of all, <laughs> <laughs> how hateful. <laughs> this is absolutely unacceptable. PJ whatever. <laughs> what is it called? <laughs> <laughs> this is a hate crime. <laughs> it's called P. Terry's and it's better than in and out Anyway, but you know, like, that's the kind of places that I would want to try. Like, P. Terry's, like, P. Terry's to me, if y'all have ever seen a P. Terry's, please... Please look up the please look up the logo and in and out. I think that might be like a defamation suit on your on your hands because it literally looks like an in and out logo. Anyway, but yeah, I agree. Like if the food is not good, that's definitely gonna have a very lasting impression on me on whether or not like I enjoy that place. So like Chicago to me does not have very good food. Interesting. That's interesting. I feel like that's a hot take, but I also think for a non vegetarian, I would think that that's opposite right like for a vegetarian though i would say i could maybe see that also their pizza's nasty yeah i'm not a deep dish person i agree wow we are just coming for everyone today (laughs) it's like lasagna and it's salty and it takes so long to get and i've had it at different locations in the times that i've been to chicago and it just was never good any of the times it's just very bready i think that's what it is to me it's just very like it's like a soup it's a little too much too much of a good thing is not always a good thing. It's just so... And why is it so salty, y'all? Lay off the salt. It's okay. You don't it's have okay. to put that much. Ugh. Anyways. Okay, so 
what are your, you know, we kind of talked about, we've done road trips. I've done a cruise. You are doing a cruise this year. You know, we've traveled by plane, by boat, all of the different places. What is your favorite mode of transportation that you've done so far? Honestly, I don't like any of them. I get very sick. So <laughs> they all kind of suck, actually. <laughs> it's really just a matter of like, which ones suck the least. And as of now, it's airplanes only because it's the shortest way of getting the farthest distance. Right. So. Right. Honestly, if I could like afford to just fly to Austin instead of driving, I absolutely would because driving takes so long. And I will say I don't get as sick driving as the driver, but you've seen even us crossing DFW, I'm like out and because I can't go to sleep in the car. So I'm just in the back, sad, sad face, (laughs) sick. I was like, no, I can't stop talking to me. Just let me look out the window and try my best to not die. Yeah, I feel that. Road trips to me are my least favorite for sure. But I do like, I remember every time we would come to California to see my aunt and uncle, we'd always drive to Vegas, which is a good six hour drive. And I was always, because I was the youngest, I was always put all the way in the back seat and I would always get really sick. So like, I've always been someone that, and I've been traveling by bus before. I've gone on like an old people tour with my aunt and like, again, still get very like motion sickness. Like I just can't. Yeah. Even in boats, boats, I like, I probably get the sickest on boats, but cruises I was okay on, but like the little dinghies that they sometimes have to bring you in or out of port on, not my favorite. So I think my favorite mode is definitely airplane, just because, yeah, you sit down, you do your thing, and that's all, folks. But yeah, so where are we going this year? I don't really think I incorporated much travel in my vision board, for example, this year. I think your boy's trying to like get it together. And so I, I didn't really prioritize traveling. I think also starting to realize that traveling's kind of back to pre COVID expensive. And right. honestly, it seems like it's a little higher because even the air tickets, airline tickets, airplane tickets yeah, are so high. They're really high. And so I used to, I think that's the problem. So like I got really into traveling in a time when. It was very affordable because people were like, please get on this plane. I was like, sure. Don't mind if I do. I'll get on it. (laughs) And so I realized that after Brazil, even like local trips are like twice as much as they were at that time. And so it's just kind of hard to rationalize making the same types of trips. And then, you know, going to places where I don't know people double or triples the cost because then you're talking rental cars, you're talking accommodations and all of these other things. And so... I really had to take a step back in 2023 because I set super lofty travel goals. Right. And then actually sat down and was like, ooh, wait a second. What are you doing? This is not attainable. I actually don't think I have really any travel goals this year. I think I'm just trying to like realign myself to actually make some big trips and for 2025. And then in addition to the fact that like, I don't, this year's already kind of flipped itself around and I've dealt with both positive and negative life-changing events right now that kind of have me really in flux. And it's really hard to like see the flip side or the end of things right now. And so even this cruise kind of feels like I'm like, oof, this timing could have been better. But again, when I booked the cruise, everything was great. So, right, right. <laughs> so yeah, just going through a time of like, okay, let's be, let's feel a little bit more stable. Let's have a more solid idea of like what's going to happen in six months. And then let's talk about travel again. So 2024 will actually not be the year of the actual going on travel, but 
if I'm diligent and really good at planning, then 2025, 2026, 2027 will be really good years for, for traveling. getting out and seeing more places. So I did really good in 2023. I did get to travel internationally. I didn't get to go to Chicago at least once. So I made some trips. Don't get me wrong, but your boy can't just be out here doing whatever. Right. I, yeah, I think I also had really lofty goals too. And it actually like in Japan, it's not too bad to travel. So that's kind of what I focused on this year is that I do want to like go as south as I can because we, I like we haven't gone south and we haven't gone up north either. So this summer, because Isaac and I are planning to stay here over the summer, we'll be doing a lot more traveling within Japan, which seems to be a little bit cheaper as well because a lot of people are leaving Japan because it's god awful here in the summer. Like think Texas times 10. So maybe not as hot as Texas, but definitely 95% humidity all the time. So <laughs> yeah, not looking forward to that. But, you know, potentially looking forward to, you know, exploring more within our host country is something that we're planning. So yeah, but again, not like big international trips, especially because the yen is so weak right now. It is so expensive to go anywhere internationally. So that's just not in our, not in our, uh, budget plan in our budget future yeah anytime soon so that's okay though so any last words on our history of planning and where do you hope this series will take us i think i'm really hoping that by going through the episodes of travel goals it'll really kind of help solidify just like the process of figuring out how to travel because ultimately again i'm really good at domestic trips i know how to do things domestically Brazil took a very long time to plan and I'm trying to figure out if like that's the norm or if that was the exception because it was a first time trip. Because honestly, if international trips always take that long to plan, now I see why people don't go internationally because that took me years to pull off. Yeah. And yeah, sure. Part of it was because of like a pandemic and I had passport issues, but like even still saving up, for example, the points to buy the flight, which would have been, oh my gosh, expensive otherwise. And I don't think I, I think part of the problem was that I didn't realize because I used points to pay for the flight, yeah. I didn't necessarily understand the monetary uh, expense of the trip because right. I ended up paying for the hotel and the flight via points. So I think I have a very misconstrued that was part of why 2023 was such a traveling disaster because I had a really misconstrued concept of how much trips cost. Because yeah, I paid the two sense. biggest expenses on traveling through points, which is yeah. not even real money. I mean, you spent money to get those points, but... <laughs> okay, yes, but that's like getting like two things for one thing. Like I got normal things from spending money and then I got points to go traveling. I understand what you're saying. Mm-hmm. Conceptually, it was there was a disconnect between how much a trip costs and how much a trip costs. Right, right, right. And I think like, I think in a responsible, like anyone who spends money responsibly would be doing it your way, right? Of like, it should take three years to plan a trip. I literally went to Australia on a two year, on a two month, like turnaround, found out my friend was going, was like, yep, joining you. Like that was not responsible. That was very like prefrontal cortex, not fully developed. And it is what it is. You know, it's fine. I had a great time. But you were also like in a different space in your life too. Right. So yeah, I think that that's like, and I don't think, again, like, I don't think, you know, three years is like a long time, but I think like in terms of planning, like you did all the planning and you did all the things that you ultimately had a wonderful vacation at the end of it, right? Like it it all paid off. 
at the end of it. 10 out of 5 stars. Check out the episode if you don't believe me. <laughs> episode 56, everyone. So yeah, I think I, what I hope to get out of this is just kind of like, you know, helping people plan trips and like our best tips and tricks and like how do we plan for a trip as well. I think that that's really important. And I love traveling. Like I think that's one of my favorite topics is like talking about the places that I've been, the places that I've seen, um, the things that I've done, things I wouldn't do again. Like what's the tourist traps? What's not a tourist trap? Like those are real life things as well, because I have definitely fallen into the tourist trap, you know, trap, but I've also not done it and then would have been like oh i would have wished i would have done that more guided so you know i think that there's different ways to do all of the things so i guess that's what i hope to get out of this series that's gonna be so fun and then who knows maybe one of those episodes will be about that time that i went to puerto rico and had a weird time a good time and had a bad time weird time <laughs> literally that's the best way to put it well with that it is time for our rabbit fire question <laughs> Go ahead and get us started. Emma, take it away. What's our question today? So in terms of our travel episode, it's travel themed. What is your most hilarious travel mishap or misadventure? <laughs> and you cannot uh, say Puerto Rico because uh, then we'd have to go into it. So <laughs> I wasn't going to say all of Puerto Rico. <laughs> First of all, there were very specific parts of Puerto Rico that were a part of a mishap. I think were they hilarious though, or were they sad, <laughs> or were you know, they traumatizing? <laughs> I've definitely had some travel mishaps. There was like one time I tried to be a mermaid in Brazil, <laughs> and instead fell off of a rock and got pretty hurt. There was that one time that we almost got lost in a club in downtown San Juan. <laughs> <laughs> there was another time that we didn't have a place to stay when we arrived in San Juan. So as you can see, this is going to be, San Juan just needs an episode now <laughs> at this point. There was that one time we spent $75 on drinks at Miami and by $75 per drink, <laughs> for two drinks, it was $160. Oh. I'm dead. So I've, I've definitely had some good old mishaps, you know, just uh, so it could have gone better. I think the biggest one to me that's like really funny now like after it happened while it was happening was not funny at all so isaac and i went to costa rica with our girlfriends i don't know if i told this story on, the, on here before but we went to costa rica with our with my girlfriends uh the same group that i went to europe with and we went ziplining so we went ziplining you know it was a whole big thing it was really fun and on the zipline tour, there's this one part where it's called the Tarzan swing. So you get, you like hop up to the, to this top of this platform and they kind of like let you go and it's a swing. So you go over like the ravine and it comes back. And so it's like a, it's a big swing, whatever. So everyone's going, we're having fun. At this point, there's no weight limit for us to like zipline through everything right so i get down and isaac is after me so i'm looking up and the guy he's speaking in spanish but i can understand him he goes uh how much does he weigh and i was like excuse me and he goes how much does he weigh and i was like um and i didn't know how to say it in kilograms so i was like 320 pounds and he was like in kilogramos and i was like uh it uh, uh and I was like so I was doing like I was like mathing in my head and as I'm mathing this man is not saying espera espera to the guy at the top all of a sudden Isaac is going swinging and I was like oh my god I'm about to lose my boyfriend like this is not the way I wanted this to end <laughs> but of course you know Isaac he comes back he's still alive he, everything's fine 
And so I was like, what's the limit on this thing? And they're like, oh, it's 150 kilograms. And I was like, and he goes, so clearly he's less than 150 kilograms. And I was like, this guy was so nonchalant about everything. But like at no point, you know, like Isaac getting into the harness, Isaac, like throughout the whole point, Isaac like could have stopped. Like he did not have to go through. But it was only when the guy was like looking at him and he's like, oh, he's kind of big, huh? And I was like, <laughs> So that's probably my most hilarious mishap is, um, yeah, maybe you should know your weight in kilograms because that might save your life. Either way, we found out that Isaac was not 150 kilograms that day. He was just under. But yeah, I don't know what we would have done if he was over 150 kilograms and what would have happened. So I'm glad that he's okay. <laughs> he was 145. Oh, boy. <laughs> the Lord was a child that day. He was watching out for us. He was, yeah. But I mean, they were putting in the Lord's work because, so when you come down from the swing, right? Because obviously the force is taking you back and forth, back and forth. So you get to swing a couple of times and then they stop you. So they usually only need one person to like, kind of like they brace you and then they put, bring you to a stop. But poor Isaac needed three people to wait, to like hold him down, to like stop. And then they're like, okay, you're done. <laughs> Good times. Yeah. Definitely one of those, like, oh my god moments. Uh, It was probably not our best moment, to be completely honest. So, there's that. (laughs) Oh boy. Well, my question today, I guess I will also keep it travel-related, is what is your must-have packing item, no matter what trip it is? This item has to come with you. Please don't say something like a toothbrush. Obviously. Obviously. No, I was gonna say, when I was a kid, okay, I'm gonna tell you. When I was a kid, it was my pillow. Like, my pillow literally went everywhere with me. Now, as an adult, I've realized that I can sleep without my pillow, so it's fine. I don't need it anymore. As an adult, though, like, something that comes with me every time, though, is definitely fuzzy socks. Because I put them on when I get into the plane, because then they keep my feet warm, because planes get a little cold. And a uh, travel pillow. So, like, I'm still, like, with that pillow life, but now it's, like, a travel pillow. Did you know that the travel pillow that I have, the little black bag that it comes with, is to carry the pillow? Yes. Okay, so I thought it was for snacks. <laughs> so uh, we put yes, like I little bags of like cheese its and like Cause you know what? Ain't no one's spending seven dollars for cheese its in the airport. You know what? Good on you. It is dual usage. <laughs> it really was. It is too funny. And I realized it because I was reading a CNN review about the travel pillow. And then it was like, oh, yes. And then it comes in this packing case. And I was like, it comes with a what? You're like, I didn't get one of those. I have been ripped off, deceived. 100% was why I thought that happened. And then watched them do it. And I was like, oh. You mean my Cheez-Its bag is actually a storage bag? Oh, good oh my god! You know what? Okay, in your defense, I will say in your defense, when they sell it, they don't put it in the bag, right? Like they just like it comes with just the pillow, so you wouldn't know unless you read the instructions that that was a storage bag. Clearly, I did not read the instructions at all, so I didn't realize. And then it fits uh, in there because the sizing doesn't make sense. So if you've never seen a travel pillow rolled up, right. you, it just conceptually it never dawned on me and so i just store bags of cheez-its or m&ms in there until <laughs> until <laughs> <now history>. i know <laughs> so fun facts what That's is me. your what is your like must-have item on a trip i always take my travel cubes compression or not 
Uh, I'm not convinced on the compression ones, honestly. They, I don't, mm, I don't feel like they like compress much so much as like they just make the edges a little thinner, but then uh-huh. the, the middle part is still thick, about yep. probably like the same height that it would be without the compression ones. Yeah. And so I'm not 100% sold on compression versus non-compression, but even if I'm not taking a suitcase, I still take the packing cubes because it just keeps everything so organized and it adds some structure two things and it makes it a little bit easier and modular to move stuff around and makes it fit in containers better so i would say the packing cubes would be number one my snack pouch would probably be number two <laughs> your dual your dual usage snack pouch <laughs> truly you know the more oh, you know too funny that is hilarious i love that for you <laughs> good times well Emma, where can people find the podcast you can find our podcast in Chris's dual snack pack and storage pouch. <laughs> Just kidding. You can find our podcast on Instagram and Facebook at The Tea with Crema. If you'd like to buy us a cup of tea, you can also Venmo us at The Tea with Crema. You can also stream all of our past episodes, including episode 56, where we talk about Rio on all of your favorite streaming platforms. We hope to see you next time. Bye. <laughs>